Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. No one in heaven and earth or under the earth could open the scroll. Or even look inside of it. Here was John's reaction. He's worried. He's crying. Because it looks like no one is worthy to pay back the debt. And open the scroll and take back the earth from Satan's control. Look at verse 3. I wept because there was no one found who was worthy to open the scroll and look inside and get back the control from Satan to God. People ask why a loving God allows such awful things to happen on the earth. Well, the people that ask that question don't understand what the Bible has to say about such things. If this is a question you have asked, you should listen to Pastor Mark's teaching today. He'll be talking about the creation of the earth and God's original intent for it. Pastor Mark will tell you what happened and how the earth got into the condition it currently is. You'll find out about the plan that God put into place to remedy the problem and what he had to give up to carry that plan out. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 16 as he continues his message, The Church That Jesus Designed. They're going to say, the Messiah has come. He allowed us to build a temple. Wow. But in the middle of that seven years, he will suddenly, 180 degrees, turn against the Jewish people. He will stop all the sacrifices. Let's just say this is the holies of holies in the new temple. Remember, only one person could go in a year. He will put his image of him in there. He'll be outside. He'll put his image in there. And here's what he's going to say. As you see that image, this is who you bow down to. It's just an image of me, but it means this. Everybody in the world, one world religion, will bow down and worship me because I am God. And the Jews are going to go, an image? He's God? We blew it again. We missed the real Jesus. And you'll see what happens. They were, what, deceived again. Now, why did they turn Jesus away? Remember what the Bible says? He came to his own, but his own said, sorry, you're not the Messiah. Why? Because they thought that when the real Messiah would come 2,000 years ago, that he would take authority of the earth and do what they needed him to do. And that would be to get rid of the Romans who were over them. 
and they'd be a free country to worship God as they wanted to. The idea was right. The timing was wrong. That's going to happen one day. So they didn't believe it. Now they were deceived again. And they realized this guy is not the real Messiah. So what you're going to see is this. Look at 2 Thessalonians 2.4. He, the Antichrist, who is supposed to be the man of peace, no battles anywhere in the world. Every government is, is all into one now. He rules it in there's peace. He, the Antichrist, will oppose and exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped. So that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. Now, how long did he want to be God? Ever since the Garden of Eden, as he came down to earth, basically in heaven, what did he say to some of the angels? I'm going to do better than God. I'm going to replace God. And the angels believed him, one-third of them, and they fell to the earth as demons. And God kicked Satan out of heaven. He's still trying to be God all these thousands of years. Now he says, I've got it. I'm going to rule this world. Now, this is at the point where God in heaven says, time out. That's enough. I'm going to bring judgment on the world. Now, I'll explain that judgment in a little bit. Here, you need to see this. This final abomination will bring desolation of the whole earth as God will now pour out his judgment and his wrath. Now, why is he doing that? I knew God was always an angry God. No, God's a just God. And man needs to understand what we sow, we reap. And this is when it's going to happen. He tried. He's still trying. You'll see he's still trying during the tribulation to get people to come to Christ. But they don't realize what's going to happen if they do. But many will. So notice the next three and a half year period is called the great tribulation. As a Christian, we're not appointed to wrath because God forgave our sins. Unbelievers, yes, because they've always rejected God. You know this, some of your neighbors, relatives. Some of you have relatives. This is fairly common. You can come visit us at our house, but don't you mention anything about God. Not interested. Well, they're going to pay for that. And this is the time they're going to do that. Now, those who refuse to worship or are being identified with the Antichrist will suffer incredible persecution, Christians and Jews. But this is about the Jews who submitted to the Antichrist initially, and then they go, this is the wrong guy. This isn't him. Well, I want you to see what happens. Their eyes will be opened, and they will see that they've been deceived. And immediately, the Antichrist knows it, and he's going to start killing Jews, not friends anymore, killing them. And you're going to see that he will start killing Christians. And here is the warning from Jesus before any of this happened. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew 24. Just keep your finger in Revelation, Matthew 24. Remember, this is Jesus speaking. He knew what was coming. Matthew 24, first book in the New Testament. Matthew 24, verse 16. Watch what he says. This is very important for you to see how God gracefully comes in and is going to save the Jewish people. Watch this. Then let those who are in Judea, Israel, flee to the mountains. 
Verse 17. Let no one on the roof of his house go down to take anything out of the house. Verse 18. Let no one in the field go back to get his cloak. So this is a picture of God's grace. God is going to protect Israel from Satan by hiding them in the wilderness. And you'll see where in just a moment, because the persecution and the death will start right in Jerusalem. So he says to them, don't pack four suitcases. Get out of Dodge. Go. Go for your life. If you're in the field and you hear this happening, don't even go back and get anything. Just go with what you have. Get out of there. Because God wants to save you. Now, most scholars believe, we don't know for sure, we just know that they're going to escape and God's going to protect them. Many people believe it's going to be in Petra, which is in Jordan. We've taken a trip there before. And there's so many of these places where you could hide. And of course, it's quite a ways from Jerusalem. Now, when you see that happening, it's a picture of God's grace. He's saying to the Jews, you're going to be persecuted I'm going to protect you. And you'll see God's going to do more for the Jews in another way. He just says, the last three and a half years, you want to run because it isn't the Antichrist now. God's going to pour wrath on all the earth. And if you stay in that area, it's going to affect you because God is going to pour out his wrath on the earth. Now, how bad will it be in the tribulation? How bad will it be? Well, Jesus tells us, look at these verses. For then there will be great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equaled again. So the next three and a half years is going to be something humans, since the beginning of time, have never, ever experienced. Then he says this. If those days had not been cut short, no person on the earth would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. In other words, if it went past three and a half and just kept going, more wrath would come and nobody would be left on the earth. Now think about that. So see, this isn't a thing we make fun of. This isn't a thing we're thinking, well, really, is that going to happen, Pastor Mark? You're going to see it exactly as the Bible says. We don't speculate. See, as you watch those noodles for the hurricane, what are they really? Speculation. Because the next day it changes to another one. And it moves to the right. And it moves to the left. Am I right? Now, nothing wrong with that, but it's man's what? Speculation. What I'm going to read to you this morning from the judgments is not speculation. It's revelation. It's right from the word of God. But unbelievers don't believe in the Bible. That's why we have to be witnesses to them. This isn't something, oh, Pastor Mark, you just got an exciting sermon just to get us moved around. No, not at all. I'm trying to teach you the truth because this is what indeed is going to happen. Look what Jesus says. Here's the timeline. Let me show you what Jesus is talking about. See, the world doesn't understand the timeline at all. Where are we? We're in the church age. When Jesus went to the cross, then he said to the disciples, go to the upper room. We were just there a few days ago in the upper room. And he says, you'll receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Then you'll be empowered to witness. And that was the start of the church 2,000 years ago, the church of Christ. Christians, 
being there. And remember what Jesus said. We were at Caesarea Philippi where he took his disciples. And he said to Peter and the disciples, who do men say I am? And Peter got it right. He says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And what he then said, Jesus said this, and the gates of hell will never defeat my church. You know, you're in a winning church. Has nothing to do with Calvary Chapel. Lord, help us. It's the living church of Jesus Christ. We win. Okay, much of you just want to lose. I can tell it. Oh, we win. There's four people clapping. The other people, I'll just lose and get killed. Am, Am I right? We win. God help us. Sometimes, okay, we win, Pastor Mark. You know, if it's a football season, woo! But with Jesus, we win. Okay. When the people are in the tribulation, they're going to be frightened out of their minds. And we're not going to be there. Hallelujah. Now, watch as this goes on. Turn with me. Beginning of sorrows. Notice what happens before rapture. That's why we're not going to be there. We'll be raptured to heaven. Then the beginning, first three and a half years. Then the great tribulation. This is when the wrath of God comes. And notice at the end, that's not the end. Jesus is coming back to the earth. He's going to finish it. He's going to rule it. And you'll see how that works. And then there'll be a thousand years of peace. And the world will be like the Garden of Eden. Not perfect, but very close to it. And then... At the end of that, over here, at the final judgment, then the earth is going to get a brand new start totally. The old earth is going to be destroyed. Brand new earth and heavens, and the city of Jerusalem will come down. And forever we will be with the Lord. Wow. Oh, by the way, I forgot. Now, I know you'll like this one. You're going to get a new body. Pastor Mike, I couldn't get out of bed this morning. You'll never have that again. Probably won't even sleep anyway. It doesn't matter. Now, I want you to turn to Revelation 5. You got your Bibles. Revelation 5. Very simple to find. Revelation 5, verse 1. Remember, John, the apostle, is writing this from a vision going to heaven. John is writing this. Then I saw, John, in the right hand of him, God who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. They didn't have books like we had. They'd have a scroll. It'd be rolled up, just rolled up like this, and there'd be a seal on different areas of the scroll. And you could remove one of the seals and read what it said. Then you remove another seal and read what the next Satan said. You just can't turn pages like that. It was just very different. The scroll was sealed with seven wax seals. Now, what was the scroll? The scroll was the title deed, the ownership of the earth. You see, who owns and controls the earth we live on right now? Not God. Overall, he does, but not God. Who controls this earth? Satan does. Watch this. In the beginning, man, look at point number one. Man was given the title deed to the whole earth. Remember in the Garden of Eden? God said to Adam and Eve, you have control of the whole earth. Take care of the earth. God's plan was to transfer that control of the earth, you rule it, onto your children. And man, under God, would have control of that earth, that title deed. Here's what happened. Number two, Adam sinned and forfeited 
this right to Satan, who had caused him to sin, who became the God of this earth. This begins to answer questions for us. I had a lady in one of the services this weekend came to me and she said, when you went through that part about answering questions that are hard for us, I finally got it. Let me tell you some of the questions. You say them, I've said them, much of the world says it. Well, if God is so good, why are there wars, cancer, floods, AIDS, depression, rape, injustice, another shooting in Texas yesterday? Why do bad things happen to good people? The reason is that man sinned and Satan started ruling our earth and he continues to rule our earth. And his goal, he governs by stealing, killing, and destroying. This earthquake that we see all over, different earthquakes, floods, the hurricane we see, God's sending that to us. No, he is not. I'll get there. Relax. It's okay. I'm causing people to stimulate them a little bit. Who has allowed this, Satan? Not God. God is here to give life, not death. So that should say, don't blame God for that. Romans chapter 8, don't have time to get there. Romans chapter 8, you know what it says? The world is groaning because the world was never designed like this to have mountains crush, to have floods everywhere, to have famines all over the world, to have a big fire in the Amazon. The earth is groaning for what? A new earth. When God's in control, not Satan. So quit blaming God for something that Satan did. That's because of control of the world. Now, number three, God sent Jesus to redeem the world back. Remember, under God's law, a family member could buy back a piece of property with a certain period of time if they could pay the redemption price. They could get the deed for that property. The price of redemption for the control of the earth was heavy. The price of redemption was Jesus Christ dying on the cross. That got us freedom. That perfect sacrifice brought our freedom from sin and delivered us from the control of Satan. Even though the world is still being controlled, we are not controlled anymore. We can say no to Satan. Now, First Peter says this, For you know that it was not perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. So here's a big question. If Jesus redeemed the world back to God, if it is now under the control of God, why do we continue to see death and disasters? Because the title deed did come back. Jesus redeemed it back. But God is not put full control until after the tribulation. After the tribulation, 100% control goes back to God. Until then... We have this battle that you and I live in. Now, look at chapter 5, verse 2. Remember, John has this vision. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice. Remember, that scroll is there, the title deed to the earth. Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? Verse 3, but no one in heaven and earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside of it. 
Here was John's reaction. He's worried. He's crying. Because it looks like no one is worthy to pay back the debt. And open the scroll and take back the earth from Satan's control. Look at verse 3. I wept because there was no one found who was worthy to open the scroll and look inside and get back the control from Satan to God. Look at verse 5. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep, John. See the lion, Jesus, of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Now look at verse 6. Then I saw a lamb, looking as if he had been slain, standing in the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. When John is there, he has no hope. And one of the elders says to him from heaven in this vision, don't be discouraged, John. Jesus is the only one that's worthy, and he's able to open the scroll. Do you know what? Hope is always found in the person of Jesus. Hope is always found in the person of Jesus. Now, verse 5 and 6 gives us a kind of a dichotomy picture of Jesus. Notice, he's both a lamb that offers salvation, but he's also a lion who judges people who continue to reject him. As a lion, Jesus judges those who reject him. As a lamb, he offers salvation. The lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. There's people in our campuses, you've never become a Christian. You will never earn your salvation. You can never be good enough. You can't purchase anything. Jesus has already purchased the sin in your life. He just paid for it. You come to him and your sin is gone. Far as east is from the west. And you become a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, if you refuse to do that, eventually you'll be judged for your sin. Because you can't get rid of it. The wages of sin is death. And you'll be separated from God forever. Now, look at verse 9. I like it in the New Living Translation. And they sang a new song with these words in heaven. The elders and the people there. You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals and open it. For you were slaughtered and your blood has ransomed people for God. Now watch this. From every tribe and language and people and nation. What does that mean? Jesus died for the whole world. I love our campuses because we have people from everywhere. You speak all kinds of languages. Your color's different. Where you were born was different. Some of us are tall. Some of us are short. I don't know who that is, but some. Some of us are thin. Some of us are just not quite so thin. And we're from all kinds of places. You know why we love this church? Because this is the way heaven's going to look. You know why? Because we're all made in the image of God. It doesn't matter what color your skin is or what language you speak. Now notice he says, every tribe, every language, every people, every nation. God loves the whole world. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark talked about the reason the world is in the state that it is. You'll learn that it's Satan's and man's, not God's fault. You were told that because God originally gave mankind authority over the world and man, in turn gave that to Satan, you end up with the mess you see around you. God only wants to put things right, which is why he sent Jesus to the earth. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will wrap up this portion of his teaching, The Church That Jesus Designed. He will continue describing the condition of the world under the reign of Satan through the Antichrist. You'll learn more about God's judgments being poured out on the earth and mankind's defiant response. Pastor Mark will continue to invite you to get on the right side of the battle. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and may God bless you. Together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.